Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Knight. I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we're doing a review of Reed Myers, a developer based up in Auckland. Now, this is a bit of a follow-up to a previous episode we've done on these guys, episode 655. That was titled Scams and Dodgy Developers, so you probably know where this is going. Now, the reason that we are doing this episode is over the weekend, I saw a story in Stuff, and actually... Andrew and I, we're, in, we're sending this to each other at the same time the it turns same out. Because you got it in your text inbox, if that's what they yep. call it. I got it in mine. I was like, why is he texting me the link he's just texted me? Because we're spirit animals. <laughs> now, this story was about a first home buyer. They signed up to buy a house through Reed Myers Development Company. Meant to be finished in March this year, March 2022. Still not built yet in April. Now, what's the real issue? Well, not that there's a wee delay. That happens frequently. The property doesn't even have resource consent yet. That's right. So no council approval. And we'll tell you more about that. Now, when scrolling through this, saw the developer name, Reed Myers. Oh, bells going off. Ding, 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 ding. Didn't we do a podcast on them? And so, yes, it was. Number 655. Now, just remind us of some of those details from episode 655. Andrew, what did we say there? So at that time, I remember I was working with an investor who had asked me about, I'm pretty sure it was dual key townhouses or something like that. They were home and incomes based in Walkworth. Yeah, and they were incredible value. And I believe the words, too good to be true, I said to the investor. And then I remember there was some dispute between my investor and Reed Myers and my investor was actually going to sue them to get some money back. I can't exactly remember the finer details, but there, there was going to be a lawsuit that followed. Anyway, we were a bit wary about the company because a guy called Peter Shevin was working as a development consultant for them. And I'd reached out to some friends of mine who are older and wiser than me, and they said, don't go near anything that this guy touches. And he's banned from being a director. And we were very diplomatic and careful not to say that he was acting as a director because we didn't know, but we said he might be. Well, now it appears that it might be true because a former director of Reed Myers, Stephen Lunn, said in the article, Shevin is not just a serial bankrupt, but a serial con man. And this is not a good look because it's all about the company you keep. And just to remind you what this guy did, and this is a drag his name through the mud. The media's already done that. <laughs> According to staff, Shevin was convicted of nine charges related to theft of public funds. That was back in 2016. And that storm serve a nine-month sentence of community detention. And the real banger, which we talked about in episode 655, before we come back to Reed Myers, is that in 2019, he registered a company on behalf of another person. That was Avon Parnell Limited, by the way. And that company owned two properties. So effectively, what happened was... Andrew owns a couple of properties. He says, Ed, can you please go and sign me up for a company at the company's office? He did that, but kept the login details. What did he do then? Logged back in, changed the shareholding and who the directors were. So, ha ha ha, I've changed the names and now I'm the shareholder of Andrew's company. Now, the real kicker was then he took out almost a million dollars of mortgages against those properties and transferred the money into a bank account that he controlled and along with his business associates. So some pretty substantial bad stuff there. Now, just talk us through what's happened since that episode, Andrew. So they've been producing developments. Reed Myers have been working on developments and they've been targeting first home buyers by pricing the properties just below the $700,000 Auckland price cap for the first home grant. But they've been unable to follow through with the development timelines. Now, obviously fair to say that COVID has been a massive issue for all developers around the country and there have been delays, but 
They're pitching themselves as developers, but they can't seem to get a development completed. Their messy development, for instance, which the article and stuff talks about, doesn't even have resource consent. And some of the work had actually already started, but the council have actually shut down this development. And from the staff article, the Auckland Council team leader of compliance, Grant Schmidt, says that the work on the Reed Myers site has been in breach of the Resource Management Act rules and the council's planning code. Schmidt says that the council has not even received an application for a resource consent on Red Hills, let alone issued one. Isn't that amazing? So they've started work, haven't even submitted an application, according to the council. And you think the council would know? Well, you'd think so. And the amazing thing is that it's meant to be completed. Now, do you know what? Let me put down my notes for a second. What I can't figure out is, well, what's the scam in this? So, like, I can understand, like, sweet, we're going to develop some properties and hopefully make some money. I get that. But then it's like, oh, well, you've been so negligent from what I'm reading, in my view, and not even submitting the application, like, I don't know. Where's the money being made? Where's the scam? I don't know that it's going to be a scam per se because my assumption is that deposits that people have paid are sitting in lawyers' trust accounts. Yes, they might have gone and raised money from funders. Maybe some of that money's gone. But I think this is more, based on what I've read, a case of negligence rather than a scam per se. Now, do you know what's really interesting? We also had a first home buyer reach out to us back in February and we're working with them through Opus First Home. Now, when they came to us, they had a property under contract and I just want to read you their story. So they were trying to get on the property ladder and wanted to purchase three-bedroom standalone house in Henderson. Now, they actually ended up signing up with Reed Myers. Now, those two are both based in Wellington, the first home buyer and their partner. And so they got their family to go check it out. Yep, all good. Solicitor signed it all up, paid for the deposit. Now, this is interesting. Paid the deposit and it was meant to be finished at the end of February, but then got pushed through to March. Now, what ended up happening was that this purchaser got in touch with somebody else who had bought through Reed Homes. Or when I say bought, I mean signed up for a contract, but hadn't actually got anything For their development, according to this first home buyer, which was on Triangle Road in Auckland, it was meant to be completed April 2021, but yet work on the site, other than demolishing the previous building, hasn't happened according to this first home buyer. So it's over a year late now that this person is meant to have their property completed and yet hey, it's nowhere to be seen. And so it does seem like, hey, there's something going on here, an inability to actually finish these properties. Now, what did they do in that situation for that first home buyer I just told you about? In the end, they cancelled the agreement, somehow got out of it, and so are looking at other properties through developers. So I think that's probably the best case scenario, reason Absolutely. being they can then get their deposit back, They can then go and look at other properties. You know, the real issue is for people who signed up, like the first home buyer in the staff article, 12 months ago, 18 months ago, when property prices were lower, and now they're significantly higher, maybe 20, 30, 40%, depending on where you're buying. Well, that's the issue though, isn't it? Yeah, you're priced out of the market. So whilst we often say you've got to make sure you protect your deposit and, you know, all you've lost is the opportunity cost, that's not too bad if you're an investor. And you can say with most certainty that you're going to get the product actually delivered. But when you're a first home buyer where you're so reliant on the deposit that you've saved up, then it'd be unlikely that they'll even buy something under the price caps in Auckland now. And the sad thing is that it appears to me that they were specifically targeting first home buyers because vast bulk of the properties were priced just below that 
house price cap for a new build in Auckland in order to access your first home loan, your first home grant. So they'd price stuff at six nine nine, and the cap up in Auckland is seven hundred k for a new build. So I imagine that they'd get quite a lot of interest from first home buyers now. What do you think some of the lessons are here? Because that's really what it is. I mean, I think probably we called it a review at the start. I think it's pretty obvious that it's probably not the best <laughs> idea to purchase right now through read buyers. I think the lessons are you need to choose your developer very, very carefully, especially now. Last year, everyone was just signing up for properties through any developer when it was advertised online at a good price because there was desperation in the market. Now you've got a little bit more time to choose. And I think you need to choose really, really carefully because the problem is you have to sometimes scratch the surface a bit more to be able to dig out a bunch of this stuff. You don't want to be the next person in a stuff article. And by the time it gets out and stuff, it's too late. These guys will have probably 100 contracts all signed up and 100 people being affected. If you're going to invest or purchase through a developer, you want to spot the bad ones early on before it hits the newspapers and, and they get wound up. And a couple of resources you can use to do that. I always think the New Zealand Legal Information Institute is great. That is a big database. I mean, it's not pretty when you go on their website, but very functional, where you can pretty much search through almost every legal document, anything that's publicly available through the courts, you'll be able to find. And that's where we found a lot of stuff about Peter Shevin before it hit the papers back in episode 655. And through that, you're going to be able to search through multiple databases at once, like the High Court, the Real Estate Agents Authority, and the Employment Court. Just bear in mind, we gave the same disclaimer back in that episode 655. If somebody's been in business for a while, they're probably going to come up in there. Now, I was always very surprised that you didn't come up in there, Andrew. But, you know, <laughs> if something comes up that's actually not that bad, they got fined $1,500 for an error that they made through the employment court. That's probably not bad. We're really talking about the bad stuff like somebody defrauding somebody. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's the bad stuff you want to stay away from. And the other thing I just wanted to pull up, Andrew, is that sounds like you might have lost your bet. Yeah, that's actually the saddest part about all of this. No, it's now, not. It's I'm the poor first home buyer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the saddest part is Andrew Nicholl lost his bet. Oh, I do have a wager with a very well-known investment coach in New Zealand. I'm not going to mention his name because in case Reed Myers get more grumpy at him, but he had Reed Myers picked for the first big one to fall this year. I had someone else. I'm not going to tell you who that is until it happens. And it seems that I might I'd have lost my bet so far. Send your guesses of who's going to fall over to 5522. Yeah, actually, that'd be quite funny. Maybe we'll do a poll. Anyone that thinks that there's a developer that might go under this year, we'd be curious to see. Send who it is to 5522. Whip out your phone, send us a text. And I think, just coming back to it, that's the lesson there. You've got to pick them before they hit the papers. By the time, that's too late. And it's mainly because journalists aren't out there trying to interrogate every developer. A journalist will write a story once something has already gone wrong. You don't want to be in that position of finding out when something has already gone wrong. You want to know about it right at the start. And actually, I'll link, if producer David reminds me, I'll link that stuff article down in the show notes because it was really interesting. We haven't even gone through everything that went wrong in that situation. So, Tap or swipe over the cover art. There'll be a link in there. And of course, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed Knight. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of your property market. Until next time.